I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. First of all, you're on my podcast, so like you're going to listen to me <laughs> talk. All right, that's part, of the, that's part of the deal. My name's in the title. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Drew, we did it. It was it was nine weeks of heart wrenching sadness, of him being introduced to people and then being killed forty minutes later, of wondering where are all the goddamn zombies. But we made it. We finished The Last of Us. I want to know first and foremost: Did you see the twist at the end coming? Did uh, you see Pedro Pascal lying to Bella Ramsey at the end of the oof. car? Once, once he had done the thing. Oh my god! Yes. Yes, yeah. I had seen it coming then. But it didn't make it hurt less. No, sure didn't. And then and then he doubled down on it again later. And oh wolf that that Yeah. I mean, that was a knife to the heart way more than any knife to hearts he put in earlier. Other people physically. Yes. <laughs> you know, when they did the uh, like the recap of basically the season before the finale, and one of the first things they showed you was uh Joel calling Ellie cargo. Yeah, it's just, are we family? He goes, no, you're cargo. And then it ends with him holding her at the end of episode eight and saying, it's okay, baby girl, I got you. And it's like, she went from cargo to baby girl in eight episodes. <laughs> and now it's coming to an end. I got so sad. Like, before it even started, uh, the show She went from so cargo weird. to precious cargo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you recognize the lady who played Ellie's mom? Yeah, her name is Ashley Johnson. She is the uh, voice of Ellie in the game, and she's also a recurring character on Critical Role, which I watch religiously. So the <laughs> moment so she there. her the side of her face was on the screen, and I paused it and yelled for Emily to come in the room so she could watch <laughs> Ashley Johnson's scene. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> wow, there's. Hey, She's a very oh, famous voice actor. Sure. Um, so I did know that she was the voice of Ellie. Uh, but that's not what I recognized her from. I recognized her from 2012, maybe? 2012, The Avengers. Uh, Avengers? Yeah, she's the waitress who gets interviewed yeah. at the end. And she's like, I think they're great. They saved us or whatever. And Nick Fury's like, see, we're not all bad or whatever. After they just blew up seven blocks of New York City. Um, yep. But when she was just like, it's the waitress. <laughs> and my wife was like, shut up. I was like, okay, sorry. I just, I was really excited for her that she made it up to The Last of Us. And then I realized she was the voice of Ellie. Um, That's one thing cool. I really liked that this show did was they took everybody who had key uh, roles in the game yeah. and found a way for them to be in the show in That's some cool. way, yeah. shape, or form. And I really liked that. Yeah, not only has she aged out of the role of Ellie. Uh, but also wasn't enough star power to bring you to it. Uh, same thing with the Joel guy. Uh, guy yeah. who played Joel in the game. He was enough star power to get this green lit for however many millions of dollars they needed. But Pedro Pascal was. So I thought it was cool that um, those four characters, the top of my head, Ellie's character, um, the guy who voiced Joel who played whoever got cleavered in the throat, uh, yeah. Marlene, and then the guy who got ripped apart by the bloater zombie, those are the four main ones from the video game that I've noticed. Yeah. They all four got like four of the coolest death scenes too uh, in the show, besides the chick who blew herself up in the second episode. Wolf, um, yeah. Tess. Tess, um, yeah. And I, 
stop me when I get too uh, symbolic about it. But it was kind of cool to watch Ellie give birth, mm-hmm. or, you know, the person that played Ellie give birth to the character of Ellie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, okay, that's a nice touch. Very uh, Now, when she pulled the, the knife out, I was like, all right, I have questions. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll say this, and we'll move off from the birth scene quickly, because we didn't come here for midwife advice. But I have never given birth. Uh, I have never been part of a group that has given birth. Um, you have. You, you, you have a daughter. Part of a group. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've been in the room when it's happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the human race, like we were a part of lots of groups. <laughs> no, no, nobody that I am close with have I ever experienced more than like forty-eight hours removed from sure. the birth. Well, that right? makes you a bad uncle, but okay. Um, but I don't want to see him fresh later. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't go that quickly, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Ellie's got some brothers and sisters running around because that thing plopped straight out so fast. Like, I was like no way that was the first kid. <laughs> and I get high high intensity situation, sure. but it's yeah. But it feels like doctors take notes. Apparently, if 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 they're in labor for a while, just run in there with like a crazy mad dog, and like it'll like it'll just it'll just come out and <laughs> come right out. Any drug, yeah. When she like didn't know it, like when she was like shocked to see the baby on the floor, I was like, well, we've got issues here. That's that's not the way that should have worked. And then. Kudos to her for knowing to cut the umbilical cord immediately, like right away. Um, that was so smart. What a! And I really liked that tidbit of realism that this show continues to add on to this outlandish, somewhat outlandish, a pretty outlandish um, premise. Yeah, I'm proud of you. And then um, <laughs> the journey. And then uh, she very quickly kills the only zombie in this episode. So no God more zombies. Dude. And then I like that um, when Marlene showed up, she was like, I got bit after I cut the yeah. thing. She was like, uh, and she was like, after Marlene. All right. I did like, you take this baby. Yeah. I like, that was a nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah. And Marlene, I thought, did a really great job in this episode, too. Uh, I was not super impressed with her in the open, the pilot. Uh, I thought she did a good job in this episode. Oh, I had one more thing on yeah, that uh, before we leave. Um, you should also not put a switchblade in swaddling clothes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which also, that's a great band name. Swaddling clothes? Switchblade no, and swaddling switch, clothes? Switchblade and swaddling clothes? Come on. You can have that one. I'll let you have that one. I'm going to wait for the next one. Um, that's, that's pretty, that's man, pretty much. And then they go straight from that, basically, to Joel and Ellie walking into wherever this new place is. And um, Joel really like trying to open up to Ellie for the first time. Be like, hey, do you want to learn how to play the guitar? Like, I could teach you or whatever. And she's like, whatever. And like, that was really sad. Like, the roles have kind of reversed here. One of them is trying and the other one's kind of dead to the world because of because of loss and anger. Um, it does make me think a lot of like the, uh, you know, growing in adolescence and stuff like that. Like when your kids are small and you come home from work and they're like, dad, dad, dad. And like, you're the most important thing in the world to them. But like, you're too busy a lot. You're like I'm at work, I'm doing whatever. And then you get to a point where like, I want to pay attention to you. And they're like, I'm a teenager now. Don't talk to me. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah. It made me sad. Yeah. I know. Right. And then, uh, when they go up the skyscraper deal and they see the giraffe 
And you get that line, it's got its ups and downs, but you can't deny that view, which I'm pretty sure is what he said to her in the first second episode, right? I don't remember. Ah, that sounds right. And then Joel offers to straight up take her back to Tommy's and forget the whole thing about going to yeah. for Fireflies and trying to find a cure and stuff. And she says, after all we've been through, after all I've done, there's there's no halfway with this. Um, she's like, we need to finish it. And then I think she said, um, like, we can do a sheep farm or the moon or wherever you want to go afterwards. And I was like, oh, like, that's so sweet. And you can tell there's just a lot on this little 14-year-old girl's heart that she's got to get through. But that, you know, she does, um, she, she is reciprocating Joel's newfound, like, you know, desire to be friendly with her. Oh, and then you get the bit about Joel talking about the scar on his head and about how it was in a failed attempted suicide. It's like, whoa, heavy. Didn't need that right now. Um, and then she said, I guess you're telling me, like, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at her and goes, it wasn't time. And I was like, oh, my God, it was Ellie. Ellie is the one who healed you from your wounds of your daughter being dead. I was like, this show is just ripping my heart out. Yeah, Why my heart. doing my this heart. to me? <laughs> my heart is full. <laughs> but, like, as soon as that happens, you're like, well, now that things are going so well, like, obviously things are about to take a turn for the worse here. Um, which right before that, you get the dad joke, the apocalypse joke. It was like, everybody in the apocalypse keeps making jokes like there's no tomorrow. It's just, is that too soon? And he goes, oh, it's topical. And it's like the first time <laughs> I liked that. I liked that line. It was the first time that he laughed at a joke or whatever. And then you see the guy running up behind him. And you're like, no, Joel, Rod, turn around. You old man, shoot the guy quick. Hear him. Yeah. Use, use your super hearing. Yeah, that's... Um, I feel like, I think it was fine. Like, I think they were trying to really pack on the emotion in this last episode. Part of me was like, this is too much. Like, they're trying too hard to make me have feelings in this episode, but it's totally worth it. Because, uh, again, they, they succeeded. I had all the feelings. Oh, yeah, big time. Did you have anything that you want to talk about before we get to what might be the best scene? Well, it's definitely the best scene in the series, and maybe one of the best action scenes HBO's ever put out. I, I really liked the way that they handled that scene with Joel and Ellie and him talking about finally opening up, talking about a scar or whatever, because that's a weird thing to be told, right? Yeah. Like, how do you handle that? And especially as like a teenager, like, how do you handle that? And her just trying to come up with something to say, right? Uh, and then he drops like, no, it, like it's you basically. And then they just kind of sit there in silence for a minute. Like, I thought that it was really well done because i thought it was a realistic way that that conversation would go somebody struggling to find the words to to make it okay and then ultimately them just sitting there in silence looking at each other being like i get it and i have nothing else to say yeah um yeah but now we can move into the hospital and so when joel wakes up in the hospital um after being tear gassed and the Marlene's like, look, you know, we're doing the cordyceps surgery or whatever. And, you know, Ellie's okay. And he's like, cordyceps surgery, that's in the brain. And she's like, yep. And like, we didn't tell her, um, but she's going under now. And you see that look of him being like, oh, no, y'all done effed up. And, um, and, and he, like, stands up. He's like, take me to her right now. And the guard just hits him in the balls with a rifle. And I was like, whoa. Like, you could have said, sir, please sit down before we did that. That's 
Like, we're talking about damaging, like, a lot of damage that could be done here with an assault rifle. We didn't have to do that right away. And then, as Joel is being walked down or out of the hospital, they take him down the stairwell. I was like, y'all should have used the elevator. This doesn't end well for you guys. Uh, That sparks, I mean, I don't know how long that scene was. It had to be close to three minutes, probably. Um, And it was all, I think it was set to the music of the opening of the show, if I'm not mistaken. But maybe like on like violin instead of like on the uh, banjo, whatever the heck it's played on, some some guitar-esque instrument. Um, That made it so much cooler that you weren't hearing all the bang, bang, bang and the people screaming and stuff. That it was set to like some really pretty music. And it was just Joel killing hundreds of people and not stopping at all, taking one gun till it's done, dropping it, finding a new gun, going and killing ten more people. Yeah, I I took note of the sound as well, not necessarily the music. I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I like that note, um, but the fact that it went numb, right, mm-hmm. and kind of subdued. One, I thought it might have been kind of an homage it might have been putting you in joel's headspace right because he's like tuning out the world also he can't like hear out of his left ear uh sure but but it i think also shows you he's just like straight up going into autopilot Mm. like he is numb he is shut down he is not thinking about anything else he has a singular focus and it's also it's not glorifying the action right they're not like welcome to the last of us john wick chapter five like they were just like he is going to kill everybody right but the point of the episode isn't the action itself the action is a means to the end to get him to the emotional connection with ellie um and so i liked that they weren't glorifying the like oh look at all this crazy action they were just like he's killing somebody all right he's just doing his job right now he's killing lots of people you know we talked uh christopher nolan does a lot of um, big booming sounds that uh, drowns out what's going on in the action. And he also does the uh, deafening non-sound, the deafening lack of sound um, in action-based stuff to kind of make you as a viewer get sucked in even more, which was the same deal here. Um, um, the, did did you have a favorite kill? Yes. When, maybe not in the montage. In the montage, it might have been when the guy like gives up and he like puts the gun on the ground and then Joel just shoots him in the head anyways. Was yeah. there one favorite one for you in the in the montage? Uh yes, in the montage it was when he hit somebody like in the stomach or the leg or whatever and then he's out of bullets and then he like not even caring just like opens switchblade and then just walks oh, in and you're yeah. like oh yeah and like oh, no so bullets terrible. no problem here comes the <laughs> knife kill and just so cool uh my favorite non-montage kill is when he finally gets to the surgery room and he tells the surgeon unhook her and he pulls out a scalp he's like i'm not gonna let you and just shoots him in the head and then he looks at the nurse and goes unhook her and i was like oh yeah. my god yeah that when he so said I won't let you take her. I out loud said famous last words. Like, (laughs) just immediately dead. Oh, man, that was so good. That was great. The, and then, and then the, oh, sorry, continue. Oh, I was going to say, somebody lost a brain in that surgery room. It just wasn't who they thought it was. It wasn't the one going in for brain surgery. Yeah. The, uh, then, uh, getting into the parking lot and you got Marlene, the standoff, like, 
There's only one way that was going to go. What an idiot. She should have shot him. There's no way he was going to give that up. Yeah, I have a question. I have a question. Like, if you're Marlene and you're in that situation, why not just shoot Joel immediately? Like, are you afraid you're going to hit Ellie? Are you afraid he's going to shoot Ellie? Like, he's clearly not going to. Yeah, he's not going to hurt her. Like, I get you need to keep Ellie alive to take her brain so you can kill her later. But, like, (laughs) just the moment you see Joel walk by, just one to the back of the head. Or when he turns around and lets you walk within four feet of him, head, chest, again, like, I'm not asking you to be a superhero marksman here, but, like, you don't need to put your gun down. (laughs) Why do you care if Joel lives? He just killed, like, 40 of your people. Yeah. So many. So many people. (laughs) He killed so many people. Uh, You know, on the darker side of things. Throughout this season, we talked about it last week, actually, like, every time that Joel's been attacked by someone, it was not his own doing, someone else attacked him and he kills him, yeah. later on in the episode or the next episode or whatever, that family member or the person in that group's like, this guy killed our guy, we gotta go get him, you know? We gotta kill him! And that, the- that son of a bee. I can't believe he killed one of our people in the zombie apocalypse, yeah. where everyone's dead, or trying <laughs> to kill everyone else. Sure. So, I mean, he just killed probably 385 people. And uh, one of them was the leader of the Fireflies. And another one was, I don't know, probably have, can't be one of many remaining brain surgeons left in the yeah, post-apocalyptic can't, world. can't imagine there's a big school for that still going on. Yeah. So the, the bill always has come due for Joel. You know, it's always been the next episode or, you know, 30 minutes later. And so... I'm afraid of seeing how big this... I'm afraid of seeing what the bill is, what the total is after this after this experience of Joel going off the rails, which I have a feeling we're going to find out in season two, um, which I don't want to do. Um, that's just going to be a lot of pissed off people about Joel, and I hope he's good at hiding his tracks, um, and I hope wherever they ended up, it was far away from that camp. Uh, I, and I hope that season two opens up with Joel on a uh, sheep farm, and he's herding sheep, and he's found a telescope for Ellie so she can look at the moon. Uh, and they're just happy. And season two is just about how, you know, they get into they get into sitcom situations where <laughs> you know, she she likes a boy at school that they're traveling to, and and uh, he's you know I, Three's Company or Boy Meets World or whatever. I just hope that that's season two and not what I think season two is going to be. Um, and, but here's my thought: I want to ask you. Well, first off, did HBO run out of money? Because that the only reason I can think that they would show so few zombies is that they just didn't have it in the budget. They were like, you can't do this every episode. We already spent billions of dollars on CGI dragons for Yeah, did you weeks. need dragons? And did House you of need the a zombie dragon? Because yeah. if you didn't need a zombie dragon, piss off. <laughs> and then secondly, like, I get that the theme is like, people are just as bad as the zombie virus or whatever. Like I could see that being an argument, like whatever, fine. But part of me feels like the whole like need for a cure for this um, infection is super like lost on me at least because like I've seen so few infected people um, that like, I don't really like, it doesn't seem like a super big need. Cause like I've never I've not seen like a town overrun by zombies. I guess you kind of did um, in that episode where they Kansas came out of the ground. Yeah. Um, and you've seen like the aftermath of stuff, but 
like I just I feel like more zombies would have made me be like, man, we we sure need a cure. I hope Joel doesn't screw this up for the rest of the world. Whereas I'm like, I'm Team Joel here. Like this little girl is way more important than the 25 zombies I've seen running around out here. Like we can handle them with a sniper, you know? Yeah, it seems like if uh, you just avoid known zombified areas, mm-hmm. you're fine. Like just don't go to that place, and then probably just go manifest destiny and go west because they appear <laughs> to not be there yeah so that's fine um yeah we didn't see like almost any zombies for the last like three episodes so i don't think yeah. they can like swim i don't know if they got across the mississippi and <laughs> i guess they're in kansas city whatever i get geography but you get the point and i also, don't know geography so you could also away if with that. if there is a cure who's going to deliver it the fireflies are the fireflies now in charge are they now like the new fedra where like they pick and choose who gets the cure and who doesn't is fedra going to get involved are they now going to take their like ownership of these singular communities to just being like we now own the globe or like you know entire countries how do we how do we get it I, there's so many yeah i i'm with joel on like hey this isn't uh I don't know how you're going to do this, and I actually don't think it's like necessarily that important. If I can make it this long, other people can too. Also, the last thing I was going to say on that front um, is on the zombies. I thought the way that they handled them was nice. I liked the way that they described how they came to be and, and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but... Yeah, they're not like World War Z zombies. Like, they're not overrunning everything. They're not like, you can't get away. All you can do is try to run until we, like, trap you, and then we're just going to overrun all of your walls and stuff. Like, yeah. they sh- there should have been more terror from the zombies. Yeah. At least a little bit. No, yeah, I, I feel like one. I feel like one episode of that would have been, like, maybe enough towards the end to be like, oh, but you've seen... You saw uh, Ron Swanson's entire gated community not be affected by them at all. Um, you saw the commune up in Wyoming not be affected at all. Even the religious cult of cannibals, like, they're fine. <laughs> like, Fedra's got bases all around the place that their biggest, or not Fedra, the Fireflies have bases all around that their biggest worry is Fedra and raiders and not zombies. So Yeah. Yeah, like, it didn't even have to be a big thing, right? I don't need, like, a 20-minute crazy long zombie battle. But, like, when they're at Tommy's commune in Idaho, maybe when they're watching the movie, an alarm goes off and everybody's got to run to the wall because, you know, 20 zombies are outside and they got to, you know, and they take care of them fairly quickly, but it shows you the need for alert... And uh, a, a plan in place because, like, they still show up every now and then, and you got to take care of them. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That. Otherwise, it just kind of seems like the cure is like, a, oh, that'd be nice to have, but not like a we desperately humanity desperately needs it. So I, I was kind of like, at the end, my wife was like, oh, that's so sad. And I was like, no, nah, it's not sad. Screw that. Joel made the right decision. Like, <laughs> save save his friend. Who cares about the rest of these people? We're all gonna die anyways. Like. And it's probably going to be from another human and not a zombie based on the statistical odds of what these last nine episodes have showed me. So, no, I was totally for it. And then apparently I'm wrong. Apparently a lot of people thought otherwise. But Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, you're wrong. I, I do think it's funny that um, 
all of the people in the show that make the hard decision to put, you know, the good of humanity or the good of others above their own emotional mm-hmm. desires um, get glorified in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you as the audience understand that what they did was right. You like the show makes you see that yeah. the only like big example where somebody chose their own emotional desires over the good of all the people around them was Kathleen and she died horribly by slinky. Oh yeah. Death by slinky. Yeah. And so I'm afraid of what slinky's coming for Joel. What metaphorical <laughs> slinky is out there. Because that's that's what this show does to you. If you choose selfishness, you die horribly. And it's hard to like call it selfishness because it's just it's a abundance of love for this girl that he has adopted as his surrogate daughter. But that's what it is. He selfishly chose mm-hmm. his own love and inability to lose somebody he cared about again versus the betterment of the world potentially. That's the thing that gets me is the is the potential part of it. If someone was like 100%, we got it. We know exactly what we're doing. We can mass produce this thing. It's like, all right, I got to think about it. But if someone's like, there's a chance if we brutally murder this person that you love that um, that nothing will happen. So oh. Not even that. If they had just told Ellie straight up like, look, we're going to take your brain out. It's for the good of the humanity. See and what she'd happens. been like, yeah, okay, do it. Then it's a totally different thing. But they didn't tell her. So they, they murdered her and they're not going to tell her. Uh, that was where I was like, nah, Joel's 100% right. No, nah, screw everybody else. Yeah, yeah, go Joel. Go kill everybody. I'm for it, man. Go um, herd your sheep somewhere. Yeah, one thing about Joel from this episode. Did his accent get like way episode. more Texan? Yep, it was thicker this episode for sure. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. Also, I thought his physicality was way different in this I wonder if they may have filmed this like out of order. I wonder if this like last episode was filmed earlier on because he didn't That's move like too. an old man, and he taught his accent was much stronger in this one than it was in the previous ones. He also maybe did more talking in this episode than he has in most other ones, so maybe it was that was it. That could but, be it. But definitely thicker accent, and he definitely moved like a younger man than what he had been, especially after he was freaking stabbed in the gut. Unless just recently, is like. Uh, yeah, fairly recently, unless penicillin is like a de-aging, uh, you know, thing where you all of a sudden you're 25 again. I don't know, but it wasn't move. just penicillin; it was also human growth hormones. It was so. HGH and yeah. penicillin. Um, yeah, yeah, science that was interesting. Science, it's wild. Um, uh, one thing from a story arc little note that I loved was that at the very beginning of the epi- or of the season, all he wanted was a car. And instead he got Ellie. And now at the end, he gets a car and it breaks down on him and he doesn't care because he's oh, got yeah. Ellie. Oh, that's and nice. Because like, oh. like, he was like, five mile hike. Who cares? We're, we're good. Whereas at the beginning, he would have been like, this car is the only thing I wanted. It's the only thing I've been working for. Now he's like, you're the only thing that matters. I'm like, oh. oh, that's sweet. I didn't put that together. I like that. Man, what a good show. What a good show. I enjoyed the ride. Um... Season two. What do you what do you know about season two? Do you know anything about the uh, episode, second episode of the game? Second, mm-mm. second episode of the game is not correct. All I, all I know is that it didn't get the kind of reviews that the first one got. 
I know a lot of people that were upset with the second one. Which, hey, I get it. It's hard to make a sequel follow-up that's as good as something that is, like, the most beloved game of all time, you know? So, uh, setting the standard pretty high. But I know there are a lot of people that really, really hate the second game. Yeah, and you did me a kindness of not spoiling uh, House of the Dragon for me. So I will now return this kindness to you um, here on on this on this show. Um, I'm Do excited it. to see what happens. I want them. Do it. I, no, I won't do it to you. Um, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how they play this out because I can see it going a couple different ways here. Um, but man, what a good show! What a good time! Bella they've, they've shown the stud. ability to deviate from the story when they deemed it necessary. So I'm wondering if, in retrospect, the creator goes, "You know what? I didn't like how that ended up panning out, so I'm going to change it now." Um. And then just keep a couple of key scenes that I really liked. I don't know. Um, Bella Ramsey, one of my new favorites. I thought she was yeah. great. Uh, I thought she gave incredible performances throughout. She was a lot of fun. Um, Pedro Pascal, always good. Um, I thought the directors did a great job on this, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what season two brings. There were a lot of there were a lot of people that died on this show. Yeah, uh, just all the time, every episode. Mm, yeah. Who was your favorite couple or your favorite relationship, I should say, um, between all nine episodes? That's not Joel and Ellie, obviously. <laughs> Part of me really liked the old man and the old woman up in the yes. up in the <laughs> mountains in their own lodge. <laughs> they, you can tell they're just sick of each other. They're sick of surviving together. <laughs> they have firefly people? Yeah, <laughs> that was great. They were great. And then I really liked, uh, was it Henry and Aaron? Um, I really liked the thought of the the guy with little brother who's deaf and trying to get them through the bad Sam, world. Is it S- Sam and Henry? Sam and Henry. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed their story, and uh, as heartbreaking as it was. What yeah, about you? I no, I thought that they were good. Uh, I thought that Bill and Frank were fantastic. Um, I I loved that story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, with with Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought Joel and Tess at the very beginning was a great opening relationship. There was a lot of depth there. I'll say by the time we got to the end of the show, I had completely forgotten about them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just was this blinding love of Joel and Ellie, and it was it was so good. Um. I was very interested in the relationship of Tommy and Joel. I want more of that. Sure. Yeah, unpack that. Yeah, I think, I hope we get some of that in season two. Sure. Um, some of Tommy and Joel trying to come to grips with I used to do bad things type type scenario. Yeah. So we'll see. And we didn't really talk about Joel's decision to lie. To, it was one thing to kill all those people and take Ellie out of the hospital and keep the cure from you know possibly being made. We didn't talk about his decision to lie to Ellie. What did you think? I mean, I think it was his only option. He couldn't have told her, look, they had a chance to save humanity, but they were going to kill you. I wasn't going to let them do that without your... Because if she had been like, no, I would have let them do it, then he just would have murdered hundreds of people for no reason. So he well, also, 
Well, yeah, because then also, like, she would have been like, no, I want to do it. Like, take me back. And he's like, well, they're all dead. So. <laughs> Bad for you, they're all dead. Yeah. I uh, uh, really, I, I took, I definitely took the option away from you now. Um, yeah. yeah, that one I got in the moment. It did kind of make me sad. I was like, oh, oh. Um, and also seemed like more elaborate than it had to be. It was like, less is more right now, guy. But all right. Um, I like he took the he took all the weight off her shoulders. He was like, yeah. first off, you're not the only one. There's dozens of you. Secondly, um, it didn't work. And third, then they got raided by people. So you know, it, it was a lose 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 all the way around. Which really, he's taking all the pressure off. Ellie. just be a kid. I really like that. Um, and but the one that really got me was when they were on the mountain walking into the town, mm-hmm. and yeah. she was like, "Swear to me." That yeah. everything you said about the fireflies is true. Yeah. And, and he's got that second decision now, right? Yeah. She's bailing him out, like, quote unquote, bailing him out. He can come clean. There's there's time to repair this relationship. It's going to be messy and it's going to be hard, but at least you can rebuild it on truth. And uh, he doubles down. That one, yeah. that one stabbed home. Yeah. That one stabbed home. That one cut you deep. That one hit close to home. Uh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. That one stole home. That is a baseball reference. Okay, you don't even know baseball, man. What a good show! What a good show! I between having to wait probably two years for this and House of the Dragon, uh, I'm excited to see what HBO is gonna come up with in the uh, void here. Succession season four is coming out soon. Crawford, jump on the train now before it goes out, or else we'll have nothing to talk about in a couple weeks. So. <laughs> Let me know if you want to get watch all three seasons now so we can do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown. Could be a good time. I don't know. Um, Could be cool. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Feel real good about this. Feel real good. Well, that's all we got time for on this episode of Not the Podcast. You deserve thank you for joining us on our trek through The Last of Us. We'll catch you next time as we talk about something else.